All right, welcome to episode one of the We Talk in New York podcast. I'm your host, Matt Oliver, and with me as always is going to be Brian Colasso. Brian, how was your weekend, buddy? We had a very eventful weekend this weekend, huh? Uh, yeah, we did. You were, uh, we went out for my bachelor party. Um, I completely annihilated myself at Top Golf. I think my longest drive was about 37 yards, which was good. Um, but you had a good night. You hit the net a couple of times. Uh, you crushed a few appetizers, and uh, here we are. We're uh, getting things kicked off here. Dude, when you go to Top Golf, you gotta get the warm pretzel bites. Like that's my number one recommendation right there. How much was I talking yeah. about it? We gotta get them. <laughs> so we we did. We got a couple of rounds of the pretzel bites, which were very good. I've had those before. I enjoy them a lot. But I gotta say, the one thing that surprised me a little bit of a sleeper. Those little uh, mac and cheese bite things, those were very good. I got to give it to them. Yeah, they they honestly look good. And I kind of wish I tried one, but um, you know, it I happens. I, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of took them, but that's okay. <laughs> so did everyone else. Um, Oops. all right. So why don't we talk some sports? Because um, a lot of shit has happened in the last couple of days. Um. So why don't we talk about what happened with the Jets? So the Jets were eliminated, unfortunately. Um, and it looked like Zach Wilson got a little bit of a concussion. Um, and, you know, who knows how long he'd be out. I think I, I saw something online today that said he was going to be uh, still the QB1, which I don't know how when you have a concussion. And then I think I saw something from Barstool Sports, so shout out to them, um, that his mom came out and said that he was dealing with it and he just continued to play. And I, I, th- that seems like a mismanagement between with the coaches that they didn't realize or nobody noticed they had a concussion like all week. I don't really understand what happened there. Yeah. I feel like Zach Wilson is in such a weird spot right now because think about it just a couple of weeks ago, what was it two or three weeks ago? The jets were like, yeah, you're going to be benched. And then they played just as terribly without him as they did with him. And they were like, okay, yeah, you're going to play. Um, he comes back, has a heroic week, puts up a big game, probably the biggest offensive game the Jets have had all season. Um, and then they go into Miami and get clobbered. And, um, yeah, Zach Wilson goes down with a concussion. So he's definitely in a weird spot. Uh, I can see why he wants to play, especially after the rumors coming out that he didn't want to play. But, uh, now here we are, and it's going to be interesting going into next week. That's for sure. Yeah, I keep seeing online that like people want the coaching staff fired or the GM to be fired, and honestly, I don't really think that's the problem. In my opinion, I think yes, the coaching was awful this year, and you know, with Nathaniel Hacking calling terrible plays, you know, it's it, it happens. It's the Jets. You, you saw what happened with Edwin Diaz with the Mets. And like, as soon as he went down, it's like the Mets morality just went, went down. And I think that's what happened with the Rogers injury. I think their whole morale in the locker room just went completely down. And I think they just need to group regroup for next year because you can't just blame the coaches. It's on the, the players are the ones playing that like, that's the problem. If you're not playing to the ability that you could play, then what are, what are you guys doing out there for? It's, it seems pointless to me. And honestly, I don't think it's really the coach's fault. I think you run with Salah at least one more year, see what he can do with Rogers. And then the Joe Douglas, I mean, 
come on, he's been this, he's been here for five years, and I really don't think he's a problem. Yes, he's the one that built the team, but he's also signing guys that are supposed to be make uh, playing at the money that they're making. And you know, I think people should just let that go and forget about. It. And you know, it's just another Jets season where we're not going to see playoffs, and now we're the joke of the league, and we haven't seen playoffs for thirteen years, and. Clearly, as you see online, that it's the longest running between the more major sports. So, I, if you have any comments on that, let me know. Yeah, I think this team was built to be Aaron Rodgers' team. Just keep in mind, Lazard, Alex, uh, Randall Cobb. I'm thinking Alex Cobb of the Giants in San Francisco. <laughs> um, Randall Cobb. These guys were brought in to be a part of a Rodgers-led offense. And it's just like, you know, for me, I, I kind of feel like the season was doomed right from that play on, on opening night. Like, you don't just build a team around a guy um, where you, uh, you you bring in players that he trusts, guys that he clearly wanted and guys that he's won with in the past, um, and then hand the keys to someone else who's never played with those guys and um, not able to kind of get inside their minds and know what they're thinking before they do it. So um, I think that in itself was detrimental to the Jets just because you know, you're giving Zach Wilson – these guys that were literally brought in for Rodgers because they played with and had success with Rodgers in the past. Um, And I think that's why the Jet fans are optimistic looking forward to next year because at least Rodgers will be back. Uh, Maybe he'll have some of his cast of characters back where he can kind of get a full run with it and try to see if they can build on some momentum, hopefully that they can build going through the uh, last few weeks of this season. Yeah, at this point, the Jets just need to go out there and just have fun. Just go play some football. You know, whatever happens, happens. End the season on a high note. Give some hope for Jets fans for next season that, like, all right, you know what? It was just a fluke season, and let's hope that they come back stronger than ever next season. And honestly, as a as the as a Jets fan here, and so are you, I think we both have a little bit of optimism going into next year with Rodgers probably going to start. And honestly, no reason to start him. Like at all, like we saw on the yeah, McAfee no, show that he said that, you know, don't think it's he's not really fully medical cleared. Fine. Don't be medical cleared. I don't care. I don't want you playing with this horrendous old line that we had all season. And, you know, there's really no I, there's no point. There's no point in him playing the season. I don't see a reason for him to. And it's pointless. Yeah, they have definitely been uh, pretty, pretty bad. I think. Wilson got sacked four times the other day, five times the other day. You can't let that happen, if, especially if you're going to try to win and, and try to build some drives that get some momentum going in a game. So I agree. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so moving on to the Giants <laughs> a little bit. Um, I think we got our, our Jets bullshit out. But uh, so the move to the Giants, Tommy DeVito unfortunately got injured. And who knows if he even comes back. I think I saw a report that he may not come back. And that's just unfortunate because the guy was starting to cook up and they probably make a name for himself. And, you know, he has that personality going towards him. And, yeah, we see that the Giants are in the hunt. But, I mean, are they really in the hunt, though? Like, I don't really see them even getting close. Yeah, probably not. It's a feel-good story, I feel, I think, at the very least. Um, About DeVito, quick side note, his agent really bothers me. I don't (laughs) know why. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the fedora. I don't know if it's like he's got one of those accents that you just want to tell him to talk like a human and not like he's from like some sort of mobster movie from the 80s. But he just I I don't get it. And did you see the article today where he was going? um, They had booked DeVito to go to a, a local pizzeria for 10 grand. He had to be there for like an hour or two, sign some autographs and take some pictures. 
I saw then, I saw that yeah. notification come in. And it said he went to a pizzeria. And I was like, what? So did so, I. <laughs> so, yeah. So the story was, I was reading a little bit into this. They made an agreement with, and I don't know the specifics of it, but they, the agent negotiated a deal with a pizzeria for DeVito to do a quick appearance. I think it was like an hour. He was supposed to sign some autographs, take some pictures, you know, the whole nine yards, the, the whole jingle ball tour, right? <laughs> after the Sunday's after Sunday's game versus the Saints, the agent reached out to the owner of the pizzeria and said, "Whoa, we're that bad? What the hell is that? Um, <laughs> we're that terrible? Jesus Christ!" For those of I you don't... who can't see, Matt just got a big thumbs up and little bubble on his face. It was so a that thumbs was down. I guess I thumbs was... down. Excuse me, we're doing I that guess terribly. I on something that made um, it go. Yikes! But yeah, so long story short. So DeVito, <laughs> you are having so many technical difficulties. I'm having to, oh, we're going to have to cut like a lot of this. <laughs> we are going to need a lot of this out. i to get my son back out. Um, yeah, so anyway, long story short, after the game versus the uh, Saints on Sunday, the agent <laughs> reaches out to the pizzeria and goes, hey, by the way, it's not 10 grand anymore, it's 20. Oh, come on, man. You're not that big. Like, what? You're, like not that you're, not, you're not Eli Manning. You're some schlep that got lucky guy. Yeah. Like you're like, having a good run here. You're playing on a lot of um, adrenaline. You're having a little bit of luck. Take it down a little bit, you spicy meatball. You don't need to be acting all crazy. <laughs> not the spicy it's meatball. All good. It's all good. All it takes is one one tackle from one huge, massive dude on the O-line, um, on the defensive line of another team, and you're done. Like you're That's it. That's your career. So I think – the whole DeVito thing, I think it's cool. I get the whole, hey, yo, Paisan. But <laughs> let's, let's take a little bit of a breather on it. Uh, DeVito ended up going for free. How great. Like, you know, I walk into a pizzeria for free all the time. As a matter of fact, I lose money when I go into a pizzeria. <laughs> I lose money when I go to a pizzeria. Um, but, hey, you know what? He did the right thing. He made it up to the pizzeria owners, and at least they get a little publicity out of this and hopefully generate some new business. Yeah, shout out to DeVito. He seems like a really cool guy. Just wants to be playing football and just wants to be almost I – I don't want to say the face of New York, but, like, you know, he wants to be up there. Um, but going back to the, the Asian thing, honestly, the first time I saw him, I thought he looked like Al Capone. I was like, that's Al Capone. Like, he's the yeah, boss I, the dude. He can get you anything you need. <laughs> yeah, I don't get the shtick. I mean, listen, I get it. Like, But you don't see Scott Boris acting like that. No. And Boris has like a bajillion dollars and is actually good at his job. So why don't we uh, we click the – let's get rid of some of the uh, the antics until we actually get a contract and build up a client book, build up a client book. Um, and uh, let's get rid of the Stallone kind of, hey, Rocky, hey, Rocco. You know, let's, let's cut that out. Yeah, I think it's – I think the stick is over, you know. Um <laughs> It's just it's, at this point, it's just time to play some football. Um, so yep. to recap, what the Giants did, they beat the Packers. Pack, they beat the Packers on Ouch. Monday night, and then they beat the Saints on Sunday. Uh, I'm sorry, they did not beat the Saints. They lost to the Saints, twenty-four to six. Yeah, I was they like, did. what the hell am I saying? So yeah, so they lost to the Saints, twenty-four to six. Um, but they had they had a little bit of a run there going. They had what was that? That was three games in a row, and then they lost to the Saints. So I feel like maybe in New York it's a little bit like they feel like the team's going on a downfall, I guess. But I mean it's just it's one game, but you know, I guess technically you're still in the hunt, 
but like to be realistic, you know, not as the biased uh, Jets fan here, but like just to be realistic about it, it's I I don't see why. What is this? <laughs> what the hell what is, is happening? Not even clicking. Nothing's even being clicked. Stop. Oh, yikes! How now we're I... doing good. Yeah, I don't know what the hell that's going on. Whatever. I guess it maybe just chimes in itself. Thanks. Whatever. All right. So anyway, yeah. So they were, they're still technically in the hunt. And honestly, as a non-biased Jets fan, as I was saying, it just seems like, you know, you have to be a little realistic. I don't see them really even getting close in. I think there's the NFC is either too good or too bad. So I don't really see them getting close. I don't know if you do or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's a feel-good story for New York, especially with. Uh, we were talking about it in one of our, um, we'll call it a preseason podcast, where we did our little blooper segments. Um, <laughs> it's just it's after so long of not having a championship, any little bit of momentum, any little bit of attention, especially on the tri-state area um, of a team, you know, causing a little, a uh, little havoc in the division. Hey, it's 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 good, and um, you know I'm happy for them. Hopefully, he can kind of lead the team the rest of the way, and, and they can have some success. He's doing a lot better than Daniel Jones did this year, that's for sure. Oh, um, so that'll be an interesting that'll be an interesting development because um, I'm sure the Giants were secretly hoping Devito played terrible so that way they could get a higher draft pick next year. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out for them. Yeah, it just seems like in the last two seasons the Giants have randomly just got like publicity i guess to say for lack of a better word where they just like all of a sudden just shoot up and get something going and like they did last year they got something going with the giants and they made the playoffs and we all saw how that happened last season and now it's like this is the this is that thing this it's devito like devito was driving for people to pay attention to the giants now and now that he's hurt you know i don't think people will really care anymore yeah yeah Yeah. what you said (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so completely pointless. So yeah, I don't see the Giants going anywhere. But um, hopefully next season we'll see what they do. Next season we'll see how the draft goes. I'm sure we'll probably be uh, covering that a little bit. Um, all right. So why don't we uh, move on to some hockey? Hockey. Hockey. We got some hockey going. All right. So the currently at, currently at the recording of this play uh, this playlist this podcast. Playlist. The Islanders are playing the Oilers, and they are currently winning 3-1 to one at the end of two. And honestly, I was watching the game earlier, and unfortunately, I turned it off. Um, but it looked like they were started off really slow. I was saying to Cameron, I was like, I can't believe this is how they're starting. Like, I thought they would come out firing after that loss in Montreal. And, you know, they... And then all of a sudden, in the, fir- uh, the second half of the first period, I thought they started looking better. And then, you know, we started recording and now they scored three goals in the second period. And honestly, I'm happy for that. So I can't really comment how their play was. Maybe we don't know if they just scored fluky goals. I'll watch the highlights eventually. But, you know, let's talk about the the Bruins game the other night. And honestly, I thought the Islanders played an amazing game on against the Bruins. Taking them to overtime, sure, I'll take that. But with the shootout, the way that happened, I was just really annoyed because and it felt like more disappointing because we don't do anything in, in the shootout the only person who could actually did who actually did something was Holmstrom and that was a filthy move like I it was so like 
crazy that he was able to pull that off. And then uh, Sorokin just giving up that goal from Pasenak. It just, I, I, I was mind blown that he literally let that shot go right by him. But give it to given Pasenak is an amazing player. And like he's able to do that, he's able to get that shot around Sorokin. So I give props to Pasenak for that. But I think I said to um, to my friends, I was like, the Islanders deserve to win that game. The Bruins did not, but neither did Sorokin. And that's honestly how I felt that game because Sorokin did not look his best, honestly. So I thought the Islanders played yeah. a good game. Yeah, you've been saying it for a couple of weeks now that it almost feels like the Islanders need to just give the dude a break. I mean, yeah. just looking at where they're at currently, I mean, they're they're um, fourteen and eight, eight overtime appearances. I guess the um, it's wins, losses, and then overtimes, losses. Right when you look at the fourteen, eight, and eight. Yeah, the the second as, eight's the OT losses. Right. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, really, really quick, I'm the baseball guy, Matt's the hockey guy. <laughs> Both of us wing it on NBA, and um, Matt is like 70-30 in favor of the NFL. So I kind of lag along in all the other things. We're using this as a learning experience for me. But I will say <laughs> the Bruins are, especially last season, I know you know this year, not as, I guess, magical is, is the right word, but... You know, yeah. They're a really good hockey team. I mean, they're a fundamentally sound team. They, they seem to do things the right way. Um, they have a good system in place, which I think is important for any organization um, because when you have a good system, you get good results consecutively year over year. Um, the, the Isles are 14-8-8. Eight, eight. I know I just kind of referred to that momentarily ago, but um, that's a big improvement from where we were when we were, talk- when we were filming our first take um, of this show, what, two or three weeks ago? They were playing horribly. Um, and my hot take of the week was trade the entire team, sell the franchise, give Matt Martin 10 years, 300 million and make him the captain. What but, a dumb take. <laughs> hey, you know what? You're dumb. What I will say is they have been playing a lot edge, better. Bro. I mean, if you think about it, they were seven, six and six. Now they're 14, eight and eight. So they've won seven games. They've lost two in that time period. Yes. They've had two overtime losses. That's tell me if I'm wrong, Matthew, but. I feel like overtime losses really, really fuck with an NHL team. Yeah, I feel like when you win an overtime game, right, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. You know, I think when you win, you're like all excited and, you know, it's sudden death. You just ended this ended this game on one goal. And when you lose, it's like the worst feeling in the world because you ha- it's like you had that team. You knew you could beat them, and then you just lost it in the final seconds. And that's what I think the yeah. Islanders felt like in the shootout. They just felt like they lost it. And honestly, it's crazy because they probably felt even worse because the Devils did they the Devils beat the Bruins in overtime on Wednesday night before that game, and then the Rangers beat them in overtime the next night. Uh, the next game that they played them. So the Rangers and Devils were able to do what the Islanders couldn't do. So they, you know, yeah. the Islanders are probably feeling like, well, shit, like we messed up. <laughs> well, I got to give it to the Islanders too. I mean, the fact that they actually made it to the shootout, how many overtime losses have we seen this year where they're seconds into overtime and whether it's Sorokin or not, the goal just goes in and they're walking off the ice and they it's like they didn't even leave the bench. Like they just yeah, walked I mean, on the ice. We're we like, went to that game. we didn't realize 
Well, yeah, we were there, and we were like, uh, like it just seemed like the players were just like, oh shit, I didn't realize the puck dropped. Like the game's over. Like just looking at each other. Yeah, literally right. seconds. So the fact that they made it to the shootout, I think for me personally, just knowing what I know about how the organization has lost so many games this year, that's impressive enough for me. Yeah, but even though, yeah, I agree with you. But the way that game was, they had a they had a power play to start the overtime. You got to score, man. When you have a power play in overtime – you, like, so you, you go three on. So that's a three on two situation. No, that's a four on three. You go four, four on three. Oh, you you give you an okay. So usually overtime, they one. give you you gain one instead of the other team losing one. Okay. Yeah. So right. yeah. Good. So yeah, starting that <clears throat> against that team in overtime on a power play. I mean, you got to score. And Islanders in the Islanders power play was red hot, like at the time, and it still kind of is. But at the time, it was red hot, and you got to score. You got to finish. And honestly, here's my hot take of the day. No more Barzell in the shootout. I'm over it. It's he's doesn't do it. He's well, John Tavares 2.0 in the shootout. Well, if um, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Barzell – isn't what his – if you had to give him, say, a specialty, he's a skater. He moves the puck down the ice. He does the maneuvers to free the puck, clear the puck, get the puck into a position to be scored by somebody who's in an offensive position. So, like, he takes it, runs through all the bullshit, and then is able to get the puck out for someone who's available to shoot it. Yeah, so, that's, he's a playmaker. That's what he is. But he also has a, a fucking filthy shot. Like, he can shoot the puck. And then he goes in on the shootout. Uh, forehand back and forehand back and forehand back and, and then just Luke gets in too tight and loses it. It's so well, it, I just, it's not a good move. Well, well, you Walmart. know, well, well, you know the one thing I hate that Barzell does, and he does it every single time I go to a game. And nine times out of ten, or, or maybe eight times out of ten, I'll give that to him. It does not work. Where he'll be flying down the ice, he gets right up there and he just leaves the puck and he just skates away. Like dog, there's nobody behind you. There's yeah. not one person behind you waiting to shoot that puck. And you, you know you what's so you? funny, Brian? You know what's so funny? It was you and three of the other team. Why are you just dropping it? That ha- that almost happened tonight, just like in the Oilers game. Barzell came in <clears> in the first period, came down in like a breakaway, and he had Nelson right behind him, and he doesn't drop it. And I was like, okay, I'm okay with you not dropping it, but I'm also shocked that you didn't drop it to Nelson because that's some shit he well, would do. Yeah. You're right. Learn learn your scenario, bro. You have a guy right behind you. And especially Brock Nelson just won the skills competition last year at the All-Star game, correct? Yeah, I believe so. I remember I I remember that. You want to know why I remember that? Because if you recall, I was down there the next week and they were talking about it. Everyone was talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So never, like Brock Nelson clearly knows how to get the puck in in a way that is going to beat the defenders. And could catch the defenders off guard. Obviously, I know those are six and one half dozen in the other. But you have a guy that clearly knows his way around the puck. Drop the puck. Drop the puck, bro. No, stop playing with the ghost behind you. He's not going to help you. Yeah. No, you're right. You're 100% right. And, um, yeah, so I thought the Islanders played a really good game against the Bruins. And they deserve to win. Not Sorokin, though. But, um. Montreal, we didn't really we didn't get to watch it that much because we were obviously at your bachelor party and Top Golf didn't have it. 
Top Golf, get the Islanders, please. I I know yeah, you have MSG, yeah. but not the Rangers, please. I'm just yeah, the no, Rangers. We need, we need the Rangers too. And, I'm just kidding. And it was but, funny no, too because we were there. It was it was that was there. There was eleven of us, and yeah. I'm pretty sure it was broken down by four people didn't care. There were, or maybe three people didn't care. There were four Islander fans and four Ranger fans. Really? That doesn't four add up. I thought there was like one. Well, Brian and Noah, they're Ranger. Um, Brian doesn't care. <laughs> Brian, Noah I was going to say, Brian doesn't even know what hockey Noah, is, bro. <laughs> no, yeah, Brian doesn't even know what hockey is. <laughs> Brian doesn't care. Um, Noah Noah and Grady were Ranger fans. I guess everyone else were, was Islander fans, yeah. um, unless I just don't know them well enough. But nonetheless, my math didn't add up before. <laughs> Dude, I don't even. All I remember is breaking into that little, little Christmas tree hut thing in Massapequa, and, and that was pretty much it. I ripped the, I ripped that, I ripped that door right off the hinges, and I was in there. But yeah, you're um, an idiot. Anyway, um, Top Golf needs the Islander games. Top Golf needs Top Golf. Stop discriminating against all the teams. Get them all. <laughs> you're a bajillion dollar oh, company. So anyway, back to the topic. Um. Yeah, so we didn't really get to watch the Islander game too much. Um, I did watch the third period when they were coming back, and you know that was probably the best they they looked because I watched the highlights as well, and I thought the third period was the best they looked. And when they, when you go down four one as an Islander fan, you're just like that's that's too much. And then they got to four three, and then you had some hope, and then they gave up the empty goal like literally like right away as soon as they pulled it and. You know, yep. you can't, you can't, after you just lost to the Bruins in overtime, you got to show up against the Canadians. And I'm shocked that they didn't. I, I don't know what it was that the reason why. I think maybe it was because they just flown in probably the, the morning of or maybe the night, like overnight or something. But you got to show yeah. up at that point. And, you know, it is what it is. I don't want to comment too much on the game because, like I said, we didn't get to really watch it. So unless you have any other comments, that's really all I got for that game. Yeah, um, I'm good. All right. Next topic. <laughs> all right. Well, still the Islanders are currently winning three to one. Um, all right. Why don't we talk about the Rangers a little bit? Um, the Rangers, honestly, I thought they were having a little bit of a a downfall, just like in the last like week or so. Um, but it looked like they turned around in the last time we like recorded because they played the senators. They lost six to two, which is with what's going on with the senators. I don't know how you lost to them, but you know, it's the Rangers. So sometimes, or really it's the good teams that I should say, because the good teams always like somehow just don't show up against the bad teams. And then, but proceeded to lose to the capitals a game after, but then they got a huge win against the Kings and then lost to the Maple Leafs seven to three after the Islanders just beat them. So that was a little fun. But then all of a sudden they picked it up, played the Ducks, beat them 5-1, to one, got a huge win against the Bruins, 2-1, to one, and now they are currently winning against the Maple Leafs, 3-2. to two. And those are goals from who we got. We got Zibanejad, Lafiniere, and Braden Schneider scoring the third goal, the leading goal right now. <clears throat> um, so, yeah. So I said they were probably on like a little bit of a downfall. But honestly, I don't. I, I'm going to take that take back because they've looked a little bit better. I watched one of their games the other day. That Bruins game, they looked outstanding. I have to give them props for that. 
Um, so I'm going to take back my comment saying they're on the downfall because they're really not. I, you know, As of right now, my hot take, I think they're going to win the Metro, and I think the Islanders are going to be right behind them, to be honest with you. I think it's going to be a, a very close lead. That's steamy. That is a steamy take, my friend, and I'll, I'll tell you why that's a steamy take. And I don't want to comment too much just because I barely know enough about the Islanders to hold my own here. But, um, yeah, I mean, listen, the Rangers started out this year smoking, like blazing hot, hotter than Buffalo Wild Wings, blazing wings hot. Shout out to Buffalo um, Wild Wings. For the first, shout out to Buffalo Wild Wings. Anytime you want to sponsor us, <laughs> we like wings. That was a free ad. Next one's going to cost yeah. you. Um, yeah, literally. <laughs> it's going to cost you boneless wings. Yeah, um, we'll take some yeah, they started wings. Out, yeah, amen. Um, <laughs> yeah, they started out red hot. And then when we were talking the last time, they were kind of on a downswing. They were a little beat up. They were getting some guys back from injury. Um, but they're, they're right back in this thing. I, I think, honestly, I think you're right. I think the – if I'm being honest, and it's kind of weird because especially how um, both teams started out, um, that is definitely a hot take that you have that the Rangers are going to come in and, and win the Metro Division with the Islanders right behind them. Um, I would go as far as to say I think the Rangers honestly could compete for the Cup this year. I just think that they've been building on it and they've been having so much momentum going into this season, especially the last few years, that it logically seems like it could be a theoretical next step. I think the Islanders still have some holes, but I think they're a really good team. So um, it's going to be fun. I'm going to the Winter Classic, so I'm going to freeze my entire face off. You mean the Stadium um, Series? So that'll be fun. The Stadium Series back in New York this year, yeah, or back in the area. Um, I also have tickets, season tickets, uh, the a- April game, the April game at UBS. So um, I'll be able to see them kind of both times and. And hopefully we beat them both times. But, yeah, I think I think the Rangers are going to be a really feisty team this year going into the postseason. Yeah, and I think that's a hot take that you think they're going to be competing for the Cup. I think you're right. But at the same time, I'm like, it's New York sports. Like, we never get anything good. And But uh, in all seriousness, I think you're going to be right. And if they, can, if they stay healthy, they'll be a really good hockey team in April, May, and then further into June. Um, then they're honestly their sleeper right now, and I and people are still talking about. It, so I'm not gonna say it's a sleeper, but Jonathan Quick. Oh man, he's having he's having a year. He's doing really good. I don't know if you noticed that too much, but I've noticed that he's having like a huge good bounce back year for him. You know, he's a veteran in the league, and you know he's all he, all over the league. Everybody loves him. He's such a good guy, and I wish him nothing but the best for the rest of the season because he's just having an outstanding year. And this. This is another little little smidge, I guess you could say, on the hot take patrol. Um, Sorokin and Shesterkin are both not really having the best of years. And, you know, I know I'm going to probably get crucified for that take, but, like, you know, Sorokin's still Sorokin, Shesterkin's still Shesterkin. And, but, you know, from what I've seen online and seen in the highlights and stuff, I think, you know, Shesterkin may have to work on his game a little bit. And so does Sorokin. So I'm not going to be like I'm a biased Islander fan. No, I'm literally saying this because, you know, it's just my opinion and, you know, it could change. My opinion can change. In a matter of a week it could change. And like you said about when we said about the Islanders, my opinions our opinions, both our opinions change in literally two weeks. So it happens. We're allowed to change our opinions. We're humans. 
Yeah, let's um I have one. I think we're, let's take 10 seconds real quick. So, coming up later momentarily as we kind of progress here, we're going to be talking about um players with last names that I love pronouncing. Why don't you help me and I'll help you with one, but let's go over the name of the Rangers goalie again. But let's do it slowly so that I learn it this time because right, I no always problem. butcher it and then and then when we get to my favorite my favorite segment of this, I will I will help you because I've perfected the one that I want to discuss. So let, let's go with, with this first. Go ahead. All right, ready? It's Igor. Yeah, Igor. I think I got that part. Okay, good. Eeyore. I had to make sure. I had to make sure. Not not Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. No. Igor. No, Igor with a G. Igor. Yes. Okay. Igor. Now you got Igor. Yes. You got it. Shut up. <laughs> Igor. Um, Let's do it. All right. Shesterkin. Sh. Shesterkin. Sh. Stir. Shesterkin. 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 Yes. You got it. Shester. Igor. Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Got it. See. Good. Great. Not I was cool. calling him all types of funny shit a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I can only imagine. I have no idea. This poor dude. He, uh, if you ask my boss, is the best goalie in the history of the NHL. So shout out to Mike. Um, you're a door. Wow. Let's continue. Jesus. Okay. Um, all right. So, yeah. So Rangers are took just took a 4-2 lead. So good for them. Looks like they're going to go on to Very win. Nice. So... You know, hopefully they keep riding this high they're on. Um, but just the one last thing I want to say about the Rangers is, you know, everyone thinks that Carolina and is always running the league. Carolina is just – I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just so bad right now. I don't – I have nothing to say about them. But, yeah, so I really think the Rangers are probably going to win this division unless they stay healthy. If they don't stay healthy, then I don't know what's gonna happen because we've seen teams when they don't stay healthy, they just they just fall. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, all right. So going back to the Sturkin thing, why don't we segue into uh, what you've been wanting to talk about for like two weeks now? Uh it is Christmas time in New York, and what better uh, what better segue to this than uh. Brian's hot topic question of the day, and then we'll we'll progress in that way. That'll be that'll be our that'll be our segue. Are you right. ready for this week's first official hot take off the cusp question from Brian? I'm gonna have to make a graphic for that, but yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Alrighty, so we got a little less than a week to go until the big man comes to town, Santa Claus. Three. So things that you want under your New York sports Christmas tree this year. Oh, okay. Um, in this year for so for this year that's coming up. I want Yamamoto to either be signed to the Mets or the Yankees, or or for it to just be over. I am so. Fucking tired of getting notifications every five minutes saying Yamamoto is meeting with the Giants. Yamamoto is meeting with the Yankees again. No, I don't care. I don't care that he's that he's meeting with these teams again or if he's meeting with them at all. 
because it's been going on for what, like two weeks now? It's been two or three weeks. Yeah, like yeah. It, it's come on, man. Like you got you got to pick a team at this point. I'm so over. It. I'm so over getting the yeah. 90 notifications a day that says that he's meeting with another team. Just just sign one. I don't even care if it's the Mets or the Yankees anymore. Just sign somewhere. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna count that as like mine. So that's <laughs> all right. That's do. You, all right. So that's one. So I'll let me hit you with my first one, and then we'll get your next one to give you some time to think. Sounds good. Going into the next season, the next NFL season, I want the Jets to sign wide receiver Mike Evans. Oh, okay. All right. All right. He's a free agent. He couldn't come to a deal with Tampa. I think he wants to come to New York. Well, I don't think he wants. I don't know. I don't know shit about him. I think the it would be intriguing to come to New York to play with a Hall of Fame quarterback who's entering a very, very crucial period in his career with a very, very young, for the most part, team. You think you have Sauce Gardner. You've got Garrett Wilson. You've got Aaron Rodgers. So you've got some pieces here, Brees Hall. I think Mike Evans changes the entire dynamic of this Jets offense. You know what? I really don't hate that at all. But here's mine. I'm going to give you mine because it's a perfect – because I didn't even think about that as a second pick. Ready for this? I'm going to drop it really hard. Devontae Adams to the Jets. Give it to me now. Yes. Give it to me now. I don't care if it's yes. Mike Evans so or Devontae Adams. Give me I, Devontae Adams. Listen, I agree. But the only reason why I said Mike Evans is because Mike Evans is a free agent. Is Devontae Adams a free agent? No, it has to be a trade. It has to be a trade. And I think the Raiders, um, I know this might sound crazy, but they've got some momentum going for them too out west. So I think they might try to be a little sneaky in here. Um, I was hearing rumors that they might be interested in trying to get back John Gruden, right? Gruden is the guy's name, yep. the old head coach. Um, if he drops his lawsuit against the NFL and if the NFL will clear him to come back. Um, so I think the Raiders might be trying to uh, be a little sneaky out there. That's the only reason why I came up with Evans. But – Mike Evans, man, but Devontae Adams, that is a very, very good pick. And it would also, keep in mind, real quick, I'll, I'll end it with this. Adding another wide receiver, adding another one wide receiver, takes the pressure off Garrett Wilson as well. That dude couldn't get a pass thrown to him the other day. Like, there, he was double covered every single play. Yeah. Every single play. So how do you expect him to be your lead playmaker on a bad team if you don't have anyone that can play supporting cast. So I think you get another guy who can kind of shake things up, make the make the defenses go, oh, shit, we need to figure this out. But very, very good hot take. I love it. Yeah, no, I think you're I think you're right with the Mike Evans thing too. I think Mike Evans, if like you can't get Devontae Evans, I think Mike Evans would be like the perfect plan B to say. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. So I guess that was my second one, the Devontae Evans. So why don't you go into your third one? I didn't even give you my second one. Was that night? Oh, the shit. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, you know. That's fun. That's fun. I got it's it. A, your first one. Wait, second one. Here we go, kids. My second, second one. Second one. Yoshinibu Yamamoto to the New York Mets oh, for 10 years. For 10 years. 10 years. $325 million with an opt-out 
after five years and with an opt-out after seven. Hmm. Okay. I, I don't I think, hate that. So, and here's here's what I'm thinking, right? To entice him, right? So, clearly the Mets are building for a 2025 on window. So, what I think is you, you kind of front load the deal a little bit. For the first five years, maybe you pay him a little, you, know, you, you hook him up with a little bit of money to entice him to come to New York. He's going to be here with Senga. We've talked about how he doesn't mind pitching with another Japanese superstar. Or does he? And sometimes it's a little – we don't know. But apparently he's open to it. Apparently. Allegedly. Apparently. But I think that this creates um, – a window of opportunity for the Mets because you have a 25-year-old pitcher who has literally dominated the league in Japan. Who they, they don't suck over there. They're those are some really good dudes, and it gives the Mets the opportunity to grab an ace or an ace caliber pitcher. Right now, they have so many openings in that starting rotation, so many question marks. I think you front load the deal for five years. In a best case scenario, he pitches incredibly and you have him for at least five years in a worst case scenario he pitches like shit and like yeah that would really 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 suck we saw that with Keigawa all those years ago the Yankees paid a massive posting fee to acquire the negotiating rights to him they bring him in I think the dude got like a five or six year deal he pitched like a year and a half and then he was gone so obviously that's a worst case scenario, but I think that the technology and the analytics are so far advanced where they used to be. I see this being a pretty smooth transition for him to the United States, and I feel like he could be a huge part of the Mets going forward. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. Um, it's just mainly, like I said, the same thing. I'm just tired of seeing the same shit over and over again of where he's signing. And since we started this podcast um, – Obviously, everyone saw the big news that Shohei Itani went to the Dodgers. And seeing the reports that he went to the Dodgers and then Yamamoto is also – like the Dodgers still pursuing Yamamoto. I, I Why? Like, don't you guys think you have enough <laughs> as a New York Sports fan? I know. I mean – I mean, can you ever actually have enough considering the fact that they've won the division 12 of the last 13 years and have only won one World Series where they went on a 74-game huge run to win everything in 2020? I mean, I I love the movie Moneyball. My favorite line, and I've quoted it before, and I'll probably quote it for as long as we do these for, is when Billy Bean's character says um, – Nobody gives a shit unless you win the last game of the season. I don't, I don't if think you that's lose the, the last line, game, but... <laughs> that is the that's the line, and I'm gonna find it. But he goes, Art. Nobody gives a shit if you don't win the final game of the season. Oh no, yeah, you're right. And that's the truth. when you do it like that. That's I the, hear it. <laughs> Art, you don't win the last game of the season. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares if you do not win the last game of the year. And so for the Dodgers, it's great that they're having all this publicity. It's great that they're having all this fanfare. Honestly, they've probably generated more than $700 million in new revenues anyway. So everyone's getting all uppity about Shohei. The Dodgers really just probably made money on this. Nobody gives a shit. Let him go to L.A. 
the Dodgers still aren't going to win. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. The Dodgers, I don't, I honestly <laughs> don't think the Dodgers even need them. I think they're fine. But um, in another report from New York Sports, um, Justin Turner was looking to possibly come back to New York. And honestly, why the hell not? I would take, as a Mets fan, I would take Justin Turner because – why the hell not? You don't know what's going to happen with the third base situation. And it's a little veteran to help out our prospects and, you know, the others that are going to be flying under yeah. his wing. So that's just a little sprinkle. Nothing's happened yet. We don't know anything yet. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, <clears throat> but the Yankees, obviously, everyone saw that Juan Soto went to the Yankees. You know, we don't really have to go. Juan Soto went to the Yankees? Yes, Brian. You need this. Oh, my God. No way. I just saw they got Verdugo. I didn't know they got Juan Soto. Oh, my God. It wasn't like it was all over New York News for four days straight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so, you went to um, the Yankees, and we talked about it in a little blooper, but we can talk about it a little bit again. We don't have to go too much into it since it's probably been talked about everywhere. You know, good pickup for the Yankees. Um you know, I think they could use his caliber of whether he's in the field or just a hitter, which he'll obviously be in the field. But, you know, I think I said on the the blooper one that we took, like the little take we did, that I didn't really think they needed him. And after, like, reviewing the trade and reviewing, you know, basically how much of a Met killer he was when he was on the Nationals and also the Padres, but mainly the Nationals since wow. they're in the same division. But how much of a Met killer he was, like, yeah, the Yankees could use someone like that. Someone that's just clutch. He could hit. He could throw. He's just literally the whole, in football terms, nine yards. <laughs> yeah, and I think I said this to you too. This has, and I, I've seen this in a couple of other places, but I tend to agree. Um, I think being a New York sports fan for as long as I've been, obviously I've been a Mets fan forever, but the one off season that particularly, and, and the Mets really have never had this kind of off season. Um, except a few years ago when they signed Scherzer and Marte and whatever down the line. Um, the most active and I would say the most probably productive offseason I've ever seen as a New York baseball fan was after the Yankees missed the playoffs in 08 and they went out and they got Sabathia, Burnett, and Teixeira. Mm-hmm. This kind of is a little reminiscent of that. I mean, they got Juan Soto, they got Verdugo, they got Trent Christian. So they, they're getting guys – they got their superstar um, in Soto, which is great. He's definitely going to be one piece of this offseason. I think the Yankees are still going to continue to push. Uh, but they're, they're building a roster that is um, well-rounded and quality and guys that maybe could hit for a little bit of average and defensive specialists and so on. I wouldn't be surprised, and I, I really hate to bring it back up, but Yamamoto makes so much sense for them too, just in the sense of – they could use a little bit more superstar power. Um, they could use a little bit more of that um, kind of that, I guess that ego, that chip that, you know, hey, like we're here, we're going to fuck shit up and we're going to win. Um, and the Yankees need that. I think they've been they've been missing out on that. Um, so I think this has all of the um, moldings of being a typical Let's go for it. Let's fuck shit up Yankees offseason. And, and I'm not going to lie. I don't hate it. I'm here for it. Yeah, no, you're right. I think the I, – I, I can't really say because I haven't really looked around the Yankees' Twitter, but it seems like 
people I've talked to just seem like the Yankee uh, people that are fans of the Yankees are have a little more hope for this season. And honestly, you know, as a Met fan, you always just get hope and then you get let down. And that's what the Yankees, I think, are probably experienced that what the Mets are have been feeling for a while now, where they just you get these this hope and then it's all downhill from here. But no, I think the Yankees are gonna be good this year. Well, we'll see. You know, I don't wanna make too much speculations and we're also in December, so we'll we'll worry about who's gonna be good, who's not gonna be good later on in the coming months. But um, yeah, I think Yamamoto would be a great pickup for them, and we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I'm just, just please, just no more. He's meeting with this team. I'm so over it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a lot. I think there's a lot of hype going on. I think there's a lot of hype because of Shohei Otani's free agency. I think how secretive that was for. Um, <clears throat> just keep in mind these these players, especially that come over from Japan. Um, this is a newfound market for their major league counterparts. So uh, there's a lot of money involved, <clears throat> obviously going to the player, but there's a lot of revenue available for the teams. I think Yamamoto is so hyped up because of the fact that Shohei Otani was so kept secret and everyone was kind of in the dark on it. So I think um, for fans from Asia and, and fans here and and people in the Japanese league and people here and, and vice versa. This is a really exciting opportunity for, for that market um, and those players. So I think that that's kind of also um, highlighting and, and boosting a little bit of Yamamoto's market, but hopefully by this time next week, we have an answer to this and there's a resolution in place because I'm, I'm kind of excited to get it done. I'm, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I think uncle Stevie's got to make a big push for it. <clears throat> Yeah, so not to bring up my boss again, but he just texted me and said, I'm calling it 380 over 10. And I told him that maybe he should lay off the uh, alcoholic beverages <laughs> because clearly he's developing a problem. Oh, man, that's funny. <clears throat> All right, I think that's good um, Yamamoto talk. Yeah, I think um, one thing I want to sneak in here really, really, really kind of quickly because I don't know how much time we have left. Um, and I guess this is my third segment to my Christmas tree comment from before, but I hate, I hate, I despise how insane Met fans are right now. <clears throat> I think you bring in like Steve Cohen, right? I, I won't even start with that, right? I'll start with David Stearns. David Stearns, I think, is doing a terrific job. Hot take, I guess. Is that a hot take? I think, I guess it might be. Yeah. Fans I guess. and beat writers and personalities and people that get paid a lot more money to do what we're doing right now are shitting all over David Stearns. And let me tell you why I like what David Stearns is doing. Because David Stearns is doing something that Mets front office personnel haven't been able to do since 2006, and that is build depth. They are building depth. They are building the bullpen. They are building guys – that may start the year in AAA, but when someone blows their fucking dick out, they're going to be able to come up from AAA. They're going to be able to pitch. Shouldn't have said that. But they, you, you have my point. Every single year we see the Mets, especially their pitching staff, pummeled with injuries. So the Mets are going out, and Steve Cohen is loaded. He's loaded. So they're going out. They're signing guys a million, million point five, two million. 
they're giving lower guys some opportunities. They're bringing some guys in on more or less expensive deals. I don't think you need a big offseason this year, especially because your plan is to let the kids play anyway and to go for it for 2025. So I would like to see the Mets hate come down a little bit. I think what they're doing is really important. They're building depth. They're encapsulating the the depth to the organization. I think they're building something, building towards something greater. I know we talked about this. If Soto blows it in New York, then the Mets don't even have to worry about going to get him. But if Soto comes in here and fucks for the Yankees, the Mets are going to want him. And I think that Steve Cohen is going to pay a tremendous amount of money to acquire Juan Soto in free agency next year. But what better way to do that than to have a little bit of depth pitching behind him? Done. <laughs> no, yeah, you're 100% right. And as we've seen in sports lately, it's literally the young guys taking over. No more of these veterans. You know, it's it's a young man's game, I guess you could say. Um, so we'll see. I think, I think you're right. I think the Mets need to build some depth here because, you know, as soon as one person goes down, that's like the end of it. Like they don't know what to do. So, yeah, I think the Mets need to build some depth. And so do the Yankees, honestly. They need to build – you know, they have some good young prospect today. They just uh, – you know, did they just acquire somebody? They acquired – Oh, Jeter, Jeter Downs, Downs. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that dude was traded for Mookie Betts. He was a top, top prospect. Hasn't panned out so far. But as a depth piece, a guy that's going to float between AAA and the major league bench and be expected to play – Second, third, short, left, right, possibly center, even a little first. Good depth piece. It's a dude that just wants to play. Clearly, he's had some major potential in the past. If he was traded for Mookie Betts. So, yeah, great pickup by the Yankees. And those are the moves that the Mets are making that are super important to organizational success. We talked about it with the Bruins. We talked about it briefly with the Dodgers. These are the things you need to do to structure your organization to – surround your top talent the Mets have these young kids with pieces that can come in and be a stabilizing force for them as they get through what's expected to be a rather rocky 2024 as they prep for a big offseason and 2025 yeah yeah I agree it was a great pickup by the Yankees um all right so why don't we talk a little bit about the Knicks you know I promise everyone we're gonna be getting more into them and trying to like be more attentive and make sure we're up to date with what we're going but from what i've seen the knicks are doing you know pretty decent this season it looks like they're fourth in the eastern conference i'm sorry fifth in the eastern conference as of today um and they're having a pretty decent road trip right now you know they played the jazz unfortunately they lost to the jazz and then they beat the suns you know that's always fun to beat the suns and then lost the clippers by was that 22 i think it was and then yeah it was a handful. yeah and then they beat the lakers that was a i honestly i don't know why just last night it feels like it that was a big win i was paying attention to that game a little bit um for no particular reason yeah but um yeah no it seemed like a like a huge win for them and just to get on there and then now they'll be uh playing the nets tomorrow night and you know that's going to be uh, an even bigger game just because, you know, two New York teams playing against each other. And anytime that happens in any sport, it's always uh, a huge thing. 
Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, just just seeing where the Suns are, um, especially some of the moves they've been making over the last few years. Obviously, they picked up Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that was last NBA season. Mm-hmm. The Lakers, that was a big win um, in L.A. after the Lakers won this midseason tournament showdown bracket thing that I don't understand. So either way, that's kind of cool. They spoiled the celebration. I know it wasn't too big of a deal, but they still beat them. Um, And I think they're coming home for the Nets. But one thing about the Knicks, I will say too, just kind of following them in and out over the years, they kind of went from – like I remember when they acquired Carmelo Anthony and they had Amari Stoudemire and they made those big playoff pushes. And then that kind of phased into, damn, like these guys are really, really bad. Like – Melo left, like there was that ugly divorce and they couldn't piece it together and they had Porzingis, but they couldn't really build anything. And now we're kind of seeing the Knicks come out of that again, mm-hmm. um, back into relevance. I think um, I think they're a piece or two away, but I, I think that they could be serious contenders this year after being eliminated last year in the postseason. Yeah, no, I think you're hundred percent right. <laughs> and I agree. In the last two seasons, two, three seasons, you've seen the Knicks like all of a sudden, I guess since like the fuck Trey Young era, where you just see them progressing, they're getting better, um, they're they're yeah. making the right moves, the coaching is doing better. And honestly I give them like all my respect because I want to start paying attention to the Knicks a little bit more because they're just a fun team. Anytime I'm paying attention to their scores, like it just seems like they're having fun. And like I think you know, I was thinking about this the other day, just like to myself. I was like, when you think of the NBA, you think of who? The Lakers and the Knicks. Two of the most like iconic teams in the NBA. And that's what the Knicks have to and think. The and the Celtics. Yes, you're right. I don't I, come on. Yeah, I, obviously that was a dumb <laughs> fucking thing to say. But and the and the Bulls. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because Michael Jordan, I guess. just because, just because, of, just because of just Jordan, because of, not because of Dwayne Wade when he played there. People for think of like the Cavs, and they're like, oh, LeBron. LeBron, yeah, uh, Kevin Love, okay, come on. Thanks. Yeah, no, yeah, we're thinking of Kevin Love with the Cavs. Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, so <laughs> you know, I think the Knicks have to return back to like that iconic feeling where like, you know, we're like the face of the league basically. And I feel like they're starting to make themselves way up there. And you see these teams, they buy they buy their teams like trying to win championships. They just get all these players and then win a championship and then, all right, see you later. That's what happens. We saw the Nets do that like two or three seasons ago. They bought all the players and then they didn't do shit. Well, can we just say the Nets have tried to do that twice? Remember a couple... I don't even know. It was a long time ago. They did that Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce. They did a massive trade with the Celtics where they gave up literally four or five, six years worth of draft picks and they were garbage. And then they went and they were garbage even worse without was them. that is that all of a sudden in brooklyn made, were they still were they in brooklyn or are they still in jersey are they i uh, yeah they just got so it was that transitionary period so they picked up darren williams i believe it's deron or darren williams however you pronounce that um to be like their main point guard you know then they picked up joe johnson and they made the deals for pierce and garnett and um i forget the other guy's name that they got in that deal um, they traded Kim Kardashian's ex-husband back to the Celtics, which was pretty funny. And Chris Humphreys, that thing was terrible. But, yeah, they've. this isn't anything new that we've kind of seen from the Nets. Um, and especially, you know, they failed with Durant. They failed with Kyrie. They failed with Harden. So, you know, for me, the Nets, you know, they, they played a lot better last year after trading all of those guys. So um, I think just like we were, we were talking about with the Knicks, 
The Nets need that really good young core. Um, and then just add a piece or two, man. You don't need a whole thing. Like just no. throw a yeah. couple of dudes together. Yeah, you're right. They don't. You don't need to add like a what do you call it? What do they call it in the NBA? It's super team. You don't need to add a super team to be good in the NBA. It doesn't seem like because you know I'm I'm honestly happy well, with the NBA that they took away that load management bullshit that you know where these star players can take off because they're tired. Like, come on. Like, I'm glad they took yeah. that away. So I mean, you don't need a huge piece. Like, or you need, like, just you just need one and, like, a couple good young guys that are ready to play. Yeah, I mean, I remember when Kobe used to talk about how when he was younger, he'd go to a game and, like, he remembered how he felt watching his favorite players. And he was like, yo, I'm not going to sit because, like, I know somewhere in one of these cities there's a little kid that, you know, did extra chores that mowed lawns that, you know – shoveled snow that did something to get enough money to buy a ticket to come and see me play. I'm not just going to sit on a bench and, you know, not play. So, um, RIP Kobe on that, but that's the philosophy that I, I think NBA players need to get back to. Um, especially because I feel like their schedules aren't as demanding as some of the other ones and, and the games aren't as demanding. Obviously they are quite physical, but, um, you know, this resting two or three nights in a row because you're tired. Like, dude, you're getting paid all this money. I feel like NBA contracts are the most outrageous ones out of all of them. And, you know. Yeah. Got to play. Yeah. It's like it's and super M- teams don't win. It's like right. next then MLB or maybe even MLB and then NBA. But regardless, but the, um, but the Knicks, yeah, they just got to keep doing what they're doing and keep playing basketball and just not worry about the outside noise. Just keep playing and they'll they'll succeed. But so since they're both playing, since the Nets and the Knicks are going to be playing against each other on uh, tomorrow night, um, the Nets are currently sitting at ninth in the Eastern Conference, and they're on a little bit of a three-game slide right now. They lost to the Jazz somehow last night, uh, only lost by four against the Warriors, um, and then lost and lost to the Nuggets the game before that. But they did beat the Suns, so both New York teams were able to beat the Suns. But you know, I don't know how much that says because you know, forget about the Suns, but. Um. So yeah. So I think tomorrow night will be a really good game. I don't know. I honestly, the Nets. I just don't know what to say about them because it's either like they're a hit or miss this season. It seems like it just seems like they're either really good some games and they like cover their spread and stuff, or they just completely shit the bed. And you know, I'm trying to you know as a New York fan, I think we have to try to stay positive about the Nets. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but for now, I think, you know, I think the Knicks are probably like the team to look at. And honestly, I'm gonna, I'm, I would probably bet on the Knicks tomorrow because I think the Knicks are probably the better team going in. Um, and with the Nets, you know, I don't know. It depends who's going to show up. It depends who wants to come play tomorrow. Yeah, I would say I think the Knicks, especially – Especially because, like, if you think about it, Durant and Kyrie both spurred the Knicks to go play the Nets. LeBron spurred the Knicks to go elsewhere twice. Um, So especially in a matchup against a team that did acquire two of those players, um, it's a good matchup, even though I know they're both not there anymore. It's kind of like a, fuck you, we didn't need those guys. Um, And look where we're at now, and look where you guys are at after you went out and spent all that money to acquire them. So, um I think those couple of years that the Knicks weren't good while the Nets were going out and spending money, 
Um, the Nets got the last laugh. Uh, the Knicks got the last laugh, rather. Yeah, no, I think you're 100 right, and yeah, you're right. Like it's the Nets just didn't really try to build a team for the future. They kind of build a team. They built a team for now, and now they're like, "What the fuck do we do? Like we don't know what to do." And yeah. then they're not even trying yeah. to fix the team they had now. I think they're just kind of rolling out the team that they have, going to play basketball, and then like going home. Like it doesn't really seem like. They're doing too well. I watched one Nets game this season so far, and like, act, like actually sat down and watched. Like I've watched games like in passing, but like actually sat down and like examined their games. It just didn't seem like they were super into it. Um, I was trying to like see if there was anything the Nets were doing, but it just they just went out there and played basketball. It was like it was boring. It was like watching the Islanders, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking like, and I don't like the Knicks. I don't like the Barclays Center. Oh my god, we don't have to get started. Better, better. It's a bad arena. Yeah, no, we don't have to get started with that with the with the Islandership. But the 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 Barclays Center is. What are you saying? I was gonna say the Bark, the Barclays Center is like the puke bag on the airplane. Yeah, that's that's or as Casey's uncle, Casey's uncle Dan. If you ever if you ever hear him talk, he's like. If someone's saying something dumb, he goes, oh, shut up, you puke. That's what I feel like going to the Barclays Center. This Yo, place is made for fucking pukes. I didn't hate, I didn't hate the Barclays Center because I thought it was a nice arena. I just hated getting there and just how, you know, that the Islanders were just there. Because yeah. I do still have some good memories of, the of like, Islanders Barclays Center and, like, you know, I've been there to concerts and stuff, but, like, you know, I think the garden's kind of worse, to be honest with you. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the I've been there once. What, to the garden? I've been there once. No, to the Barclays Center. Oh. Been there once. No intent on going back. Oh, yeah. Unless there was a, I was going to try to go to that Travis, uh, Travis Scott concert that was the pet, like tonight and last no. night. Dude, tickets were like no, four hundred. That's where Noah is. Noah's at the concert right now? Noah's there. Noah's at Travis Scott. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I was going to try to go. The tickets were like $400. So not worth it at all. Uh, you know, I love Travis Scott, but like, Jesus. Not worth I'm not paying $400 to stay in Atlantic Terminal for, or Jamaica, I mean, stay in Jamaica for X amount of hours. I remember one time, me and my dad, we went to an Islander game and we missed the transfer train to Jamaica. Or, no, from Jamaica to. Uh, to where our destination and Atlantic. No, the other way. We were going home, and it was eleven o'clock at night, and we missed the train. And then we were standing there till like twelve o'clock at night because there was no other train coming. I don't know why we were so late. It was it was so stupid. I hate it. It was yeah, freezing Kay- too. Kay- Casey and I saw Drake at Barclays, and there was like two trains going out, and that was it. Like, how how do you accommodate that at a hub station? After a concert, yeah, the L I double R. That's a different conversation for another day. Um, so yeah, all right. So to get back on track here, we'll see what happens with the Knicks and Nets game tomorrow. I'll probably honestly watch that because don't think any of the other teams are playing tomorrow. Like meaning the Islanders Rangers. Um, so I'll probably watch that. I think that's on at seven thirty, and then next week we'll recap that. But um, yeah. So any other Easy. any other hot takes you want to talk about? Santa's coming to town. Santa's coming to town. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait. Either. Ready for Christmas and ready for this to be over. All this 
Can't wait for you to buy me my Yoshinibu Yamamoto jersey. The jersey that we probably won't see for like four weeks because this thing just keeps going. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the next three days. I'm calling it. By the time we meet next, Yoshinibu Yamamoto will be $400 million richer. Yeah, I doubt it. Anyway, so I guess that's a good place to leave off. I think that's a great first episode. Um, make sure everyone follows follows us on social media. We're on TikTok, uh, Instagram, and we'll be on YouTube and Twitter. So channel names for those are all across the same as We Talk in New York. That's uh, talking without the G. Um, make sure you follow us and subscribe. And we're going to be trying to get these out in early in the week so then you guys can listen to it throughout the week or watch us, whatever you want to watch us on. Um, we'll be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever the hell you're watching this, honestly, because it'll probably be out by the time you're listening to this, obviously. But um, Yeah, and we, uh, we better hope that Matt has good editing skills. If you see this, then he does. <laughs> yeah, um, that's actually a fair, I'm a just, fair thing to say. I'm just... I'm just happy to be here, and I provide the content of – well, Matt provides 90% of the content. I just provide the wit, sarcastic humor, and the sex appeal. So that's why I'm here. No, we're very we're very excited to be starting this and be able to share yes. our opinions Indeed. with you guys, and hopefully we get a good amount of people listening and – you know, hopefully a lot of people agree with us or even disagree with us because we would love to see that in the comments about yeah. what you think about the takes yeah, and stuff don't. and what any suggestions or whatever you want us to talk about. So, yeah, like I said, we're going to yeah. be trying to get this out early in the week. We're going to try to record early in the week. And then unless something crazy happens and we got an emergency podcast to do, we'll be doing that if we have to. Oh. And that, you know, that could be anything that happens with the New York sports teams. We're not going to do like fucking lebron to the Cavs again no one gives a shit about that because we are a new york sports podcast but uh, again Dude. no not real <laughs> he should give it up did you know did you know kyle acaposo, acaposo? plays for the buffalo right, let's get the going back to the name thing again let's try to get this right acaposo ego acaposo acaposo i thought it was acaposo no Dude, I haven't. I didn't hear about that dude for like since I was in like third grade, and then last year Panthers Bills, Panthers Bills, Bills. Jesus Christ, <laughs> Panthers, Panthers Sabers. They're like, here's the captain, Kyle Oposo, and I was like, what the fuck? This guy's still alive? <laughs> I didn't even know he still played. Dude, he had that. Um, he had that eye thing like years ago. And then it wasn't sure. Don't even know what that was. Yeah, he like scratches cornea or something, and then like he huh. he wasn't gonna be able to play anymore. But I guess he figured something out, and he yeah, he's still here. He's the captain of Buffalo, and um, yeah, honestly, as a former Islander, I, I still Buffalo. love him. So they don't, they don't. Buffalo doesn't count as a New York sports. Yeah, team. Just, we're just not so gonna we're be clear. unless they're playing the Jets. We're not talking about the Buffalo Savers or Bills or whatever because no. I think we have a more okay. likely shot of talking about your four-time Atlantic League champion, Long Island Ducks. Yeah, we might be talking about the Ducks more than the Bills or the or the Sabers. I don't really, you know. Well, really, like, I have season tickets, so we're gonna have to bring it up. Yeah, we'll be watching the prospects. <laughs> Amen. Let's see what they got going on down on the uh, down on the farm. Down on the farm. Or down on the lily pads where the Ducks play. Yeah. 
like on a pond, the little lily pads. Yeah, yeah, we we got it, we got it there. All right, well, we got thank it. you everyone for tuning in. Um, be sure to follow us, like I said, and uh, we'll see y'all next week. Want to say anything, Brian? For those of you who can't see it, I'm smiling and waving. Smile and wave, boys. <laughs>